Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Hey, today we've got a great show lined up where we're going to be talking leadership, education, the extraordinary power of the new talent coming into industry these days, and of course, you know, supply chain. So with that said, I want to welcome in our esteemed guest here today. We have Leslie Smith, Lieutenant General, U.S. Army, retired. I think I got that right, General Smith. That's right who now serves as CEO of the LV Smith Corporate Group. Uh, Les, how you doing, sir? I'm good. Good to see you again, Scott. You as well. I enjoyed our, our warm-up conversation and now the real deal. Looking forward to getting your, your POV here today. And you've brought with you a colleague of sorts, Jerry Burke, Professor of Logistics and Supply Chain Management at Georgia Southern University. Jerry, how you doing, sir? Hey, never better. Never better. That's, that's right. It is, you know, on that note, it is an intriguing time to be in supply chain, you know, warts and all, as, as someone famous once said, and it presents a ton of opportunity and innovation. And gosh, what y'all are doing at Georgia Southern University, engaging these young minds that are going to bring a lot of solutions to what we're fighting through. I bet, I bet life is never been better, Jerry. Yeah, doing well here. Thank you. All right. So Les and Jerry, before we get into the heavy lifting, and we're going to talk more about the program there, the, the program on the grow, we're going to talk about industry and, and some other things, but let's get to know you both better first. And Les, I want to start with you. Uh, sure. I had a sneak peek into the Les Smith story way back when, when I saw you, when you were still in the army, when you addressed uh, a Vetlanta event at UPS world headquarters. And yes. I, I was like, man, we got to get this guy on a podcast. And now you continue to do big things. Tell us though, where did you grow up and talk about your upbringing? Yeah. So I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, but I would say I'm from Atlanta and Mississippi. So my, my family came here uh, when I was, uh, you know, before I can remember, I was born here uh, in the city of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but my father died when I was five. Mm. So my mom had a decision to make of what she wanted to do and who she wanted to expose her children to. So instead of going back to Mississippi, great thing to place and go to and visit, she chose to keep me I'm the middle kid, by the way, my brother, who's younger than me and my sister in the city of Atlanta. So we could have access and exposure to positive things and go, going from there. Uh, are we going to talk about antidotes coming up later? Or you want to talk about it now? No, I, you know, gosh, you're, there's so much there. I mean, yes. your mom made a big decision, made that sacrifice, yeah. kept you all together so you could uh, be exposed to, to some of the thing, great things that Atlanta had to yeah. offer. Tell us more about your upbringing. What, what else sticks out? Yeah, well, I will tell you that. So while... Well, my father died, you know, uh, he's a Korean War vet too. Um, I always knew what was the expectations for me. So there was no, so, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself. There, there are things that as a Smith man, you're expected to be and expected to do. So at a young age in Mississippi, I saw business people doing things. I saw logistics uh, of, you know, my uncles who were, uh, had farms and had, businesses and how they got things from place to place so it was inculcated in me in a, in a young age so i think your environment has a lot to do with where you go not necessarily what your circumstances are 
but the environment that you're placed in and and you get uh going from there and and we'll talk about georgia southern later but it played a key key role in part of that too wonderful looking forward to that and you know we talked uh, before i shift over to jerry we talked uh last week on the, on the prep conversation how folks that serve in the military Yes. They just keep serving. They keep serving. That's I mean, right. gosh, your family has a legacy and you continue right. to fulfill it. So that is incredible. So, Jerry, let's talk about where, where did you grow up and let's talk about your upbringing a little bit. Well, I grew up a lot of places. My father was in the Navy, a enlisted man. And so we traipsed up and down the East Coast uh, for the most part. I was born in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Okay. Uh, very young, went to Puerto Rico. On to Virginia Beach, Orlando, Charleston. You, you weren't lying. Key <laughs> West and, and back to Jacksonville for high school. So ended up, uh, he retired in Jacksonville. And uh, I finished up high school in Jacksonville. And um, that's sort of my background and where I grew up. Um, so move, let me ask you a question, Jerry. So m- moving around through all those formative years, how did I impact, how did you adjust you know, getting, getting to know and meet new people every couple of years, it sounds. Well, I mean, in a way we had, uh, you know, some stability in the family. I had two sisters and a, a younger brother and mom and dad, obviously. So we were a, a six pack moving around. And uh, so we had some, some stability with that, but it was always hard every two or three years, especially at the time as viewed as a huge negative, leaving friends and familiar environments. And, mm. But now I look back on those experiences as opportunities, uh, a way for me to develop uh, my adaptability and to cope with uncertainty, which is something that, um, uh, you know, it's hard for young people to, to think about that, that kind of uncertainty. So I got to experience it early on in my life. Mm. All right. So I'm going to ask you both kind of, kind of think of a, a rapid fire response here. So when you think of toys or you think of food, in your upbringing, what, what do you look back on now and say, man, if I didn't have that, it would have been a different childhood. Unless I got to start with you. Fried chicken. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. You have a favorite. Have you had, have you had Hattie B's yet? You know, they, they, they moved, they came to Atlanta a couple of years ago. And no, I have not. No, All right. no, no, my mom's fried chicken. Oh. Not, yeah. Not, <laughs> okay. not, there's, there's a requirement in my family for that. Okay. Every birthday I will have fried chicken. Well, hey, let's we'll have to compare recipes. Okay. And I want to I want to I'll buy Hattie B's on me uh, in in the weeks ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's gonna be tough to top, Jerry. What about you? Well, mine's more on the on the sports side again. Like like I said, moving around a lot. The way you could connect was to actually play sports. And you know, with these military bases, a lot of times they have you know organized leagues and things like that. So I got to play football and basketball and baseball and get to meet people that way. So without sports, I think it would have been much harder. Mm. That's such a great, you know, that probably goes unsaid so often. And that's such an important part of our upbringing. All right. I agree with that. If I could. Yeah, please. As as a senior commander and I, you know, having my kids grow up in in the biggest thing that if I could get kids and that my wife and always talked about this, how we could get our kids into whatever program we had at base a to go to base B because then they'll have something forward to look to right. and they, they wouldn't feel like outsiders. And I think that's critical, not only in, in the military, but as we know, people will move around. How do we make sure they can, they can have that stability for the family, which in turn helps, helps the workforce. Agreed. Agreed. You know, that outsider label can be so tough when you're in those, those early years and, and grade school and whatnot. So well said there. 
So let's shift gears as much as I would love to explore more stories uh, from y'all's upbringing. Cause I I'm convinced we're not getting to some good stuff, but I'll save that for a later show. Let's talk about leadership. One of our favorite topics around here. So prior to your current roles, when you look back and you think of, you know, one stop of that long successful military journey, Les Smith, or, you know, part of your, your background, your journey, Jerry, what's one role that really shaped how you look at the world? And let's go with Jerry first here. Yes. Good. Well, I was the first to go to college in my family, so I was pretty naive getting into uh, the university and was not a very good undergraduate student, to be honest, um, and worked my way through college, um, supervising people in food service, like on campus and catering. So just got to know people and, and I always gravitated to be in a sort of a leadership position, even, even early on. Got into graduate studies and did a lot better and a lot of international students there. So uh, again, we did a lot of teamwork and I would gravitate into the leadership roles and coordinating the groups. And then finally here uh, in my first faculty job at Georgia Southern, you know, you typically hold off and being like an academic administrator or department chair until you've been here quite a while, but there was a need after, um, as soon as I was able to, to fill the role and uh, the people asked me to do it. So I did that for about 10 years, but all in all, in, in all these different contexts, you know, the, 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 the resounding truth to me is that human resources are the most flexible and valuable resources. And that's, that's especially true in supply chains. We've learned that uh, over the last year or so. I, I cannot. That is a hallelujah moment. We talk about Eureka moments a lot, but that's a hallelujah moment. We interviewed uh, Monica Trilch with N4 here in recent weeks. And one of the, her great things she shared, and I'm going to probably butcher this, but she said the people of global, uh, the people have been the salvation of global supply chain during the pandemic, not technology. And so I completely echo your sentiment there. The human factor is, is uh, critical. All right. So that's a good one, Jerry. So Les, that's going to be a tough one to add to, but tell us about a key, key leadership role for you. Yeah, I think uh, serving as the Army 66 Inspector General, when I thought I was going to retire as a two-star was, was seminal. And, and it's, you, we won't have time to talk about it in, in this podcast, but everything you do builds upon something else. And you don't realize what is building toward until you step into the job. And just the difference between the two-star to the three-star level is like a different planet. Uh, and you understand that, you know, you work for the Secretary of the Army and the Chief of Staff of the Army, who in turn work for the Secretary of Defense, who in turn works for the President. So that's the scope of what level we're talking about. Wow. And it, it can be intimidating until you realize that your entire life, your entire career, again, coming back to what I learned at Georgia Southern about the Southern pride and, and what it means to be an Eagle played a key role in that development, which ties back all the way to where I'm from and how it was brought up. And, and those things are tied together. Mm. Cause I, I think we are, we have to make sure we take the time to do the things to help people understand what their potential is and show them the opportunities via who we are and what we've been. Mm, man, well said. I, so I got to ask you, so I, I was an Air Force, an Airman. So I know yeah. that a Lieutenant General has three stars. Then the Marines yes. and the U.S. Navy structure throws me for a loop, but three stars. I don't have the numbers. I should have looked this up, but yeah. there can't be that many. I mean, you're one of very few, right? Yeah. So I, I tell people all the time, 1.3 million soldiers and civilians, about 350 active duty general officers, 45 of those are three-star general. Wow. So that, I mean, the numbers are, you know, pretty small. Yeah. That is a very 
prestigious group. All right. Well, we're going to have to have you on Veteran Voices, and we'll talk more about that incredible journey. Sure. Thank you all for sharing that. Let's let's go. Yeah, I mentioned Eureka moment a moment ago. And thankfully, you know, the silver lining in the last couple of years when it comes to supply chain is there's been lots of those, which has driven lots of innovation. It's really attacked a lot of things in our blind spot, which all that and more is going to strengthen industry for, you know, the year, the months ahead, the years ahead, and better prepare for the next curveball. Now, we all hope it's not nearly as big of a problem as the, p- the pandemic, but there'll be certainly more challenges that test global supply chain. So with all that said, Jerry, I'll come back to you. When you think of your bigger Eureka moments uh, in 2021, let's say, what comes to mind? Yeah. So uh, for me, I have an interest in this phenomenon that's probably talked about a lot. It's called the bullwhip effect. And that's where you get variability in demand information and it amplifies from the end consumer all the way up to the manufacturer. And in 2021, it clarified for me that transportation is pervasive between each supply chain link both inbound and outbound. So the flexibility of transport services and systems are key to handling those disruptions when, when, it, when they happen to, to, to crop up in a system. So supply chains uh, more resilient, especially through more robust transportation services. I completely agree. We probably are both, if, if we could talk to ourselves like from 2017 and say, you're gonna hear the, your words supply chain, someone's gonna add a hyphen to it and you're gonna hear bullwhip every other day amongst the general populace, we'd say you're crazy, but that's exactly what we've seen. Uh, General Smith, let's talk about your bigger Eureka moment from last year. Yeah, I I think, especially when it comes to supply chain, you know, as the inspector general, we're responsible for inspections, assistance, and investigations for 1.2 million. There's 1.3 million soldiers and civilians. But what I've I've saw amongst my peers, and it really takes an entire whole of uh, U.S. Army government, is when COVID hit, how um, disconnect is not the right word, how strained our processes and systems already were. And so, you know, you don't think about uh, from a military perspective, what role and part that you play, but that really exacerbated or manifested or showed us what the problems were. That's why we had to mobilize soldiers to go to hospitals. That's why we had to, to uh, you know, the Defense uh, Acquisition Act to, to get things in place. So it showed the strain across the board. So the question that we have to think about is, okay, uh, I think some of the terminology was just-in-time logistics, right? That was a good buzzword, but the question <laughs> is, where where should it be in, in the pipeline while it might be cheaper initially to have it overseas? What's the what's the, the risk factor, the right. cost-benefit factor to, to do that? And so uh, the higher you go up in the rank in the military, that's really what you're thinking about. Logistics, how do you get people, equipment, and to the defi- decisive point to make the mission, because they can't get there. They can't do the mission. Right. That's right. Well, it, it, you know, it can be argued that the military invented logistics, right? And, I, and so, I concur. <laughs> so there's always been a lot of synergy. Yeah. I, I would go on to say that beyond the, the history linkages, my time in the Air Force and my time in, in the manufacturing industry are very, you know, that's that, that sense of camaraderie, mm-hmm. team, a mission. I mean, it, there's a lot of synergy between the military and global supply chain. Hey, one quick follow-up question, and then I'm going sure. to talk about what you are doing now, and Jerry, I'm going to come to you and talk about the, the vibrant program there at Georgia Southern. You've said it, Inspector General a couple of times. You were the mm-hmm. 66th Inspector yes. General in the Army, I believe. In, in a nutshell, what, what does that role do? So the Inspector General works for the Chief of Staff of the Army and the Secretary of the Army, responsible for those inspections, assistance, and investigation for that 
1.3 million soldiers and civilians. I was, I'm a prevention guy. So there's a reactionary part. You can be like something happens and ha, I'm going to jump on it. Right. I'm to the left of it. I'm a prevention strategy guy, similar to let's see where the links are, where the yep. problems are. So we can help fix those links before they fray and break. Okay, man, there's so much. Yes, Jerry, I know. when it comes to supply <laughs> chain, man, we could, we could have talk for days about that. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So Jerry, let's, let's come back to you. Uh, I'd love to talk more about uh, what you're doing now. And of course, the vibrant supply chain program at Georgia Southern University. So tell us more. Yeah, well, our program's been around since the, the, the late 90s. It was kind of an early program in logistics and supply chain uh, with a focus on the transportation management and then uh, also on the sourcing and supply strategy stuff. So we started out kind of small and built it over time. Now we have about 400 undergraduates enrolled in the in the supply chain program. We have two sides of it. One is uh, logistics and intermodal transportation, which tends to be the bigger portion. And then we have an operations and supply management side, which maybe is 15% of the students. But we've grown it uh, kind of organically just through good job placements and word of mouth advertising from students and their parents. And then we have a good, we have a, a really great faculty here, um, which surprises a lot of people. We're we're ranked in the top 25 on certain empirical research ratings around the world. Uh, so we, we do teach well and we, we also research well. And uh, we really care about student success here. I think it's not just lip service. And uh, we put our money where our mouth is on that one. We have a logistics roundtable every semester here. We bring uh, 30, 35 companies to campus and they meet up with about 100 plus students. And uh, they do breakout sessions and they do like a career networking event where they pass out resumes and business cards. And then we also have a lot of scholarship opportunities for students here. We've developed uh, several through our university foundation. I've sort of gotten one off the ground with the Intermodal Association of North America, and it provides about $45,000 worth of support each, each year. A lot of that goes straight to tuition scholarships, but some is for travel too, which is another big draw. Right. Uh, we get we get our students out there and see what's going on in the field. Go to conferences. Uh, we go to big uh, big event out in Long Beach every year called the IANA Expo, and students get to mingle with some of the industry leaders and in, in, uh, intermodal freight. So it sounds like to me, uh, really being um, laser focused on the student experience. Right. SX and the latest X, maybe providing them opportunities, scholarships, exposure to corporate, uh, the folks that are doing the stuff. Um, and then and then getting the word out of all of that stuff sounds like a lot of the secrets to to all the growth and success. 400 students in the undergraduate. Is that just undergrad? That's right. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. OK, so uh, General Smith, I bet you got a couple of things to talk about the robust Georgia Southern University supply chain program. Yeah, I, I will tell you the part, part of the reason why I asked Jerry to be on the net with you today, because it ties in exactly what you're talking about. So as I was retiring, uh, the dean and the president came to me and says, hey, we really want to take the W.E. Carter uh, Jr. chair for leadership and, and upgun it a little bit. Not that I could really do that, but they wanted me to upgun it a little bit and put some, some focus and drive to it. And so this is the first example that we've had the ability to do to highlight all the great things that are happening in Parker College. So that's the first step. In addition to that, the goal is to get our students, which we know are different, 
than your average bear because you just heard what Jerry talked about and then get them in front of institutions or organizations in, in Savannah and in other places so we can highlight the great things that they do. Not only the great things that they do, but the problems that they can solve right. for these organizations because they're thinking through all some of the hard problems. So that's part of what I wanted to do uh, as I retired. I wanted to have a suite of things that, that I had the ability to do. So that's why I stood up that limited liability corporation to do so. So I'm, so, I'm prepared to talk about those as, as needed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to circle back. I want to go back okay. to the program just for a quick second, because as yes. we were in the pre-show, Jerry was telling me a little bit, and if I got this wrong, just correct me, Jerry. It happens all the time. But I believe you led the program for a while. And then here recently, you're getting back into the, the classroom more because that's one of your passions. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we've had a long legacy of great people that kind of spearheaded the, the undergraduate program. The Department of Logistics Supply Chain Management was formed about seven years ago. And I was the inaugural department chair for that group and had done that all the way through um, summer of 2021. But uh, we had a, a, a really acute need for someone to be in the classroom in our capstone course. And so I stepped out of that administrative role to let someone else handle that for a little while. And uh, I could be in, in tune with the students and be in the classroom to, to give them a little value add that that course needed. Mm, I love that. And, and can I, I got to interject something here. Yeah. That is one of the things that I did not know before I came to Georgia Southern, but it was, I call it the, the actual, no kidding, what's happening thing. <laughs> and, and gotta... I don't know if, that, if that's the right term that you use, but it, it's what we felt. We didn't know what it was, but it's, I call it the hands-on, mm-hmm. taking the academic aspect and, and talking about what's really happening in the world and then bringing that together for the students so they, mm-hmm. they can feel and speak to those terms so because there, there are people who've been out there and they talk to those things. And that's how we bring the real, real, realism to the student. I love it. I can only imagine the impact that has on the overall learning experience and, and, and how much better prepared they'll be when they hit the job market. Those members of the now generation. Um, OK, so thank you for sharing, Jerry. I want to circle back one more time uh, to you, Les, about the LV Smith Corporate Group. Uh, pre- a m- moment ago, you alluded to that. You serve as CEO. Tell us more about what that group's going to be doing. Yeah, so it's it's uh, consulting on leadership and and other aspects. It's the same uh, venue that I use to sit on corporate boards. I find that the knowledge and experience that I have when it comes to leadership, strategic planning, management, change management across the board is very. It's not unique, but it's still surprising to me that how much in demand it is. So the, the skill set, just a plug for our veterans, they bring a unique capability, Scott, as you know, uh, and we have to highlight that. And part of the reason why I'm here at Georgia Southern is to help highlight that leadership aspect, but also highlight what veterans bring to the table. So I, I kind of use that to, to do the things that I, I want to do uh, for myself and for my family. Okay, man, I bet you're going to be, you and your firm are going to be extremely busy. Uh, and, and, and I think again, going back to that, that prevention mode, that mindset, got so much of business that uh, can benefit from that. All right. So we've talked, we've talked a lot uh, at various points here about y'all as young people. And then of course, the now generation that numerous, you know, as it relates to the program, uh, I want to add another layer because General Smith, with your uh, tenured successful time in the military, I bet you learned a lot from um, young troops, you know. So, Jerry, I'll circle back to you and start with what are all those young people coming through 
the Georgia Southern University uh, supply chain program. What's something they've taught you? Well, I've got, I've been, I've had the great privilege of, of teaching some of our top students in a case study course, like Les was talking about getting them in, in, in front of actual industry people and tackling problems that are somewhat real, somewhat simulated. I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here, all that glass hardware back there. Right, that's, right. That's the first place awards that these teams have won. So they work hard to really represent Georgia Southern and, and, and make us proud. Uh, so I've learned, you know, that they, you know, if you give them a, a goal, they're going to work really hard to reach it, which is great because we often hear about, you know, some of the ambivalence you, you see in younger generations. Um, but generally speaking, they, they're very comfortable with technology. Uh, and I've learned that, you know, there, there is a distinction between problem solving and critical thinking mentality. Sometimes they'll just jump in and try to you know, run the numbers and dig into things and really, really get down in the weeds, but they haven't looked at the big picture yet. And so all of that work sometimes is for naught. Uh, and, you know, so that, that's something that they've taught me is, you know, to, to step back and look at the big picture before you jump in with both feet and, and think you've got a problem to solve. There may not be a problem there at all. I love that. I love that. Uh, before I shift over to Les, how can companies listening to this, how can they you know, work with those students, maybe give them some problems and some case studies? How does that work? So some of it's formalized. Um, so the Intermodal Association of North America is a great, great partner. Um, you know, they're, they're a consortium of um, the ocean carriers, the big railroads, the big trucking companies, all of the uh, equipment providers to those industries, uh, the ports themselves. And um, they sponsor a, a, a academic uh, challenge every year. They used to do two a year, now they're down to one. And so we get plugged into that. And um, they're really great cases. A, a consultant named Larry Gross writes a lot of them. And he, he, he is very, very good and educational in the cases. And it's, it's hard stuff. I mean, it's, it's hard stuff to, to, to solve. And they do a great job with it. And then the different organizations have them around. ASCM has one. And um, the Denver Transportation Club actually has a great one. Really? In, in February every year called Operation Stimulus. So I've just gotten plugged into a few around the country and have developed a, a, a set of principles and guidelines to help them break these things down and, 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 and figure out how to solve them in, in good ways. Um, so that's how we've gotten plugged into it, is my, mainly through IANA. Gotcha. All right. So business leaders, uh, if any of that appeals to you, I bet Mr. Jerry Burke be willing to take your phone call and see how they might could plug y'all into companies, into some of these things they describe. All right. So Les, let's circle back to you. Uh, I bet your experiences there, you know, from your earliest ranks up into putting on that third star, you could write maybe a couple of books, but specifically what are, what are some of the things you learned from, from those junior enlisted junior officers, the younger folks coming in? Yeah. I would say uh, be real, uh, be upfront with them, uh, provide them a vision. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you that because it's the same thing I see with my two daughters. Uh, but, but be transparent, too. Uh, we know we weren't perfect coming up. And so the more you can tell your story and the mistakes that you made, then that it seems real. Mm. Uh, and, and the other part I think that I've learned is that we have to be open to mentorship across familiar lines, across organizational lines, because it's that important. Mm. Uh, and so if you just see a young, just like today, I saw a couple of re uh, recruiters 
sitting down talking to a, a young lady. She just so happened to be a, a biology major. That's what my youngest majored in. And I asked her about going to medical school. And she's like, well, who are you and why are you asking? <laughs> I just tell people to, to Google me now and then they start freaking out. Uh, but, but to that point though, is that requirement requires me to have the ability to stop what I'm doing, to have a conversation with somebody which you don't know where it's going to go, but it's important because we we owe it to people that are coming behind us to to give the mistakes that we made and go from there. I know that was a long answer, but no, that, yeah. dead on the money. Uh, but but what what, what both of y'all shared, uh, but on front of your answer, that authenticity is so yes. important these days. Um, all right. So as much as I hate it, it sounds like y'all have got more lessons to share there. But we got to move on for the sake of time. Supply chain now, imagine that we're all about supply chain. We're big. I'm a big supply chain nerd. We love talking about it's fascinating right now what, we, what we're all uh, experiencing and learning and growing through and fighting through in some cases. Jerry, back to you. You mentioned the, the bullwhip effect earlier. And of course, that has been on the tips of a lot of folks' tongues for the last couple of years. But what, what beyond that, when you survey global supply chain and, and where we are and where we're headed and, and, and that kind of thing, What's a topic or two that you're really focused on right now? Well, because of the nature of our program, I'm really pretty laser focused on intermodal freight transportation supply chains, the supply chain system for containerization. So from the concentration of capacity to manufacture overseas around Southeast Asia and China, especially to the big ocean uh, container vessel uh, alliances to um, operations of seaports along the land side distribution networks. Um, you know, how we get it from the seaports inland via truck and, and rail. That's sort of my main thing. Um, but I've always been a big proponent of risk diversification, sourcing diversification, distribution diversification and supply chains. So I'm very interested in this five corners logistics strategy where they're bringing, you know, freight in through the Northwest, the Southwest, the Gulf Coast, Southeast and the Northeast. So uh, how, the, how that those dynamics are going to continue and how they got disrupted because of COVID. All of that is very interesting to me right now. And uh, kind of getting some of that um, congestion away from Southern California. We can we can handle it over here on the East Coast. <laughs> it's amazing to see the growth. Of course, in Savannah, we're kind of spoiled. We got one of the uh, great ports, uh, at, le at least in North America, if not the world. Uh, Charleston, just up, up the East Coast, has done some big things. I think their, their volume 2021 over 2020 was like 25%, if I, if I saw that right. But where are all the containers? Uh, you, you know, we're, 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 it's like, where's Waldo? Uh, so there's so much to that story. Uh, one, one quick follow-up question. I'm gonna come to you uh, less, but Jerry, I'm assuming with Savannah, just down the road, I think one of y'all mentioned that uh, I bet y'all have got some pretty strong relationships there where students can, can even take a look maybe firsthand into some of the amazing things that go on at the port there. Huh? Yeah, a lot of them, you know, a fair share get internships over there. Um, before COVID, we would do a bus tour over there every semester. So they could drive around the port itself and see how those container ports uh, do their magic. And uh, yeah, we have alums that work there. Uh, we have alums at Jacksport. We have alums at the Port of Charleston. So we're pretty well connected. And, um, you know, our program has a great reputation. Well, you know, relationships certainly, as it was said the other day, uh, a United Kingdom leader. So I think he used Petro. Relationships are the Petro that fuel global business. And that's true. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And, mm -hmm. the, and that's when you can bring them to bear to provide those experiences like you're describing for the students. And it just so happens, you know, one of the 
great ports is just down the road there in the uh, Georgia ports. Okay. So Les, I want to come to you uh, when you're talking about, uh, when you're thinking about global supply chain, there's so much to dive into these days. What, what are you really focused on right now? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I think about, because one of the boards I'm on uh, is, is in the oil and gas industry. And so they, they're looking at what does the resiliency look like for that network? You know, if something happens in one location, how can they lift and shift associated with that? I think the other part that I think is going to be a big deal is sustainability. And, and since I've been here, this trip to Georgia Southern, it's about workforce development and, and developing the next generation of, of people who have to work at our ports, our airports, whatever the port is, our networks, because we know us older folks are, are, are retiring. And if we don't plan now, I was talking to Savannah Chatham County superintendent and others about what's the next step. Mm. Uh, that's one of the, the real focuses for the president, uh, the dean for the college uh, here and the provost. What's the next step doing it locally, regionally and nationally so we understand how do we bring that workforce development? Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. And I'm glad you mentioned airports. You know, some of our listeners maybe would be surprised at how much cargo like how, how hot air cargo is in general right now and how much cargo comes through Hartsville-Jackson um, International Airport, uh, Big Cog. And they've had some really cool innovations in recent years to make it easier and push more cargo through. All right. So there's always so much to talk about, so little time. I want to, uh, let me, one, one quick follow-up question, going back to you, Jerry. You're, you're talking about diversification amongst, uh, especially when it comes to procurement and sourcing. You know, options are a good thing, right? Options that we learn painfully, they're a great thing. Is there any, as you've studied that and had your conversation with business leaders, is there a, a best practice or an approach that you've seen a company do? You know, when I was in manufacturing, I was in, uh, in, in metal parts, um, uh, metal stamping was where I spent uh, a couple of years. And I learned firsthand as we were trying to uh, win programs and then produce them, manufacture them, how difficult it can be to find backup suppliers, right? And that was long before the pandemic. Have you seen anything firsthand that uh, you could share that you've seen a company do that really other companies should should maybe benchmark? Well, you know, I, the one I could th think of right away is Boeing. You know, they, they outsourced a lot of their parts um, sourcing and they realized that, you know, even little rivets and things like that that don't seem like such a big deal, if, if they get snarled in the supply chain, then you're out of luck. And so they've sort of brought that back in, you know, the, the big trade-off with outsourcing is you give up control. And so, um, you know, if you need to have that control, then you, you ought to have an ownership piece of it. So you may not own all of the capacity you need for all of the parts, but you should have, you know, your, your toe dipped in uh, to some of the capacity for most of the parts. Agreed. I love that. Thank you for take, uh, for, for sharing. I would add to that. I think, one of the things that was reported reported on earlier in the pandemic, uh, and I think Boeing was one of the companies that Wall Street Journal had pointed out, where these companies were paying earlier to their supply chain partners mm -hmm. than their due dates to, to protect them and protect their supply chains. And that is a wonderful uh, trend here uh, in 2021, 22. Okay, so we're going to have to, I, I want to make sure folks know how to connect with both of y'all here. Y'all have got so much going on. I, I tell you, Georgia Southern University getting General Smith. It's like it's like the Bucks signing uh, the famous quarterback, the one of the Super Bowl down there. Who, who was that, Les? At Georgia Southern, Tracy no, Ham? No, no, no. no. Where? 
So what, the, what, you the, mean Tampa Bay? Yeah. The guy we don't like? Yes, but he was a free agent and it was a good you know, great the guy we don't like that beat the Falcons. We don't, <laughs> we don't mention his name. Tom right, Brady? Yeah, let's not mention Okay, just Tom for, Brady. That's yes, his name. Just for comparison. Just for comparison. Okay. Or, hey, here's a better one. It's like the Braves signing, uh, trading for Fred McGriff and signing Greg Maddox, right? Which set them up to win that 95, amongst other things, at 95 I, World I, Series. I can't agree with that one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to snip that part about Tom yes. Brady because we don't like saying that, uh, his name. Okay, uh, so much good stuff going on uh, at Georgia Southern University. Uh, leadership, supply chain, student engagement, you name it. Um, connecting this, the now generation with the, the folks doing it, right? Uh, the practitioners, the companies making it happen, you know, really making for a vibrant learning experience, I bet. Let's make sure folks can connect with you both. So let's start with you, Jerry. How can folks connect with Jerry Burke and learn more about Georgia Southern University? Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn. You put, my, put my name in with Georgia Southern, you'll find me. Uh, or, you know, our, our, um, our web address here, the Department of Supply Chain Management, LSCM, is the last extension there in the Parker College. The directory is there. You can find me via email. I'm kind of old school. I'm not a big social media guy yet. <laughs> we got to work on that, Jerry. <laughs> hey, you know, it takes all kinds for sure, it right? It does. And we'll make sure these links are in the show notes, folks. So if you want to reach out, you want to uh, uh, compare notes with some of the cool things they're doing, at Georgia Southern University, you can do just that. And then uh, General Smith, um, how can folks connect with all the cool stuff you're doing, including here in Georgia? Yes. So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Lieutenant General Leslie Smith. You'll see my my smiley face <laughs> on uh, on Instagram is LTG Leslie Smith spelled out. And on, uh, on Twitter is Smith, S-M-I-T-H, L-E-S, the number two. And yes, I do answer my own tweets and other things from there and we're going to tweet about this today awesome uh, hey we can't uh i've been excited about this since we initially got connected and then we made the connection to jerry and and all the cool things going on here not too far from from where we're having this conversation yeah. so hey, is it one other thing i could talk about sure. real quick? yeah so we, we are you know we're doing something in march i think is is uh it's going to be a sea change for georgia southern uh we have our first parker uh uh gala uh, it's the business schools gala and we recognize the great things that the the university has done and the parker college has done and i think it's going to be a great stepping stone to that uh, helping build that synergy that we talked about before so that's going to be a big deal so be on the watch out for those pictures and everything else that comes out of there definitely the parker gala uh how parker gala march the 5th i think we're almost sold out you know, but if Scott, if you, you act nicely, you know, maybe the Dean will help you out. <laughs> hey, I, I've never been popular with Dean, so I don't know. Maybe we, we, can... we, we Yeah. Jerry probably has some connections there. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, it sounds like that's a place yeah. to be right, Jerry. Yeah. It's a good place to be a few days before that. We're going to have our logistics round table here on campus. If you want to get plugged into that, yeah, you can connect with our career services people here. You can, you can hit, uh, you know, connect with me. I'll, I'll connect you with them. Uh, we have like about 100 students going to be there. Uh, so if you're looking for new talent in your supply chain, uh, who is the roundtable in Statesboro is the place to be. That, outstanding. And, and Scott, if you think about it, that would be a great follow up podcast. If you don't do it this time, actually talking to the students about what they're learning, what they're seeing and and how can we we the enterprise help them achieve their goals agreed that's the name of the game that's the name of the game and some of our best episodes you know we're 
we'll probably be about 840 episodes deep in the main channel by the time we publish this. And some of my favorite episodes have been interviewing, you know, freshmen, you know, college students that are more passionate. They, as y'all both have mentioned, they bring the solutions and the ideas and they want to break how things have, have always been done because it, 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 it's not the best way. So uh, we'll have to tee that up on a later episode. Big thanks to our guests here today. Up first, we had uh, Leslie Smith, Lieutenant General, U.S. Army retired, who also serves as CEO of the LV Smith Corporate Group. Thank you so much, uh, Les, for your facilitation here today. You're welcome. And stay tuned. There's more to come, I believe. We're going to get some more uh, experiences and stories out of Les here on a future episode. And his friend, colleague, Jerry Burke, uh, Professor of Logistics and Supply Chain Management at Georgia Southern University. Big things happening in Statesboro. Thank you for your time, Jerry. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to be here. All right. And we're going to have to get some of your students out next time. Folks, hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Uh, we had we had a lot of fun. We compared a lot of notes. I think we're all certainly passionate about not just leadership, but also ensuring that the next uh, the leaders coming up through the ranks are best prepared and experienced to do the big things that they're, they're it's in their destiny to do, which is is, is change the world and, and make uh, the global supply chain craft even stronger and more capable. So on that note, uh, if you enjoy conversations like this, be sure to find Supply Chain wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe so you don't miss conversations like this with Jerry and Les. But most importantly, folks, most importantly, challenging you to do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. On that note, we see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.